Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome once again to the Secrets of the High Demand Coach podcast. And I am here with yet another high demand coach, and that is Danielle Levy. She's a sought after executive who helps six and seven figure online businesses to expand with clarity and efficiency. Her uh, after her experience in the traditional business world, Daniel went out and established uh, the. Let me do that again because I think I just called you Daniel. Um, <laughs> so I don't want to do that. <laughs> All right, here we go. Ready, set. Welcome. Welcome once again to the Secrets of the High Demand Coach podcast. I am here with yet another high demand coach, and that is Danielle Levy. She is a sought after executive who helps six and seven figure online business owners expand with clarity and efficiency. After her experience in the traditional business world, Danielle established the Boardroom League to give other entrepreneurs a little black book of trusted industry professionals to help them grow their businesses without long-term overhead. I absolutely love that. Can't wait to explore it more. But Danielle, first, I just want to welcome you to the show. And I'd love for you to just start us off with your story. How did you get into coaching and why? Yeah, so thank you for having me. Um, I think my story is one of um, a leap of faith for sure. Um, and so I hope that's something that your listeners take with them. But um, I came up in the um, Boston ad agency scene, like for anyone that's seen Mad Men, that's pretty much what it was a few years later, obviously. Um, And where, you know, it was a day and age where it was faster to put me on a plane to Europe than it was to hire like the FedEx person, right? It was, it was an incredible experience. Um, I did that for about 15 years. I moved on to other types of communications, consulting firms, design agencies, really the best of the best of the best. Um, and that led me, I mean, I had incredible experiences, but I, that led me directly to a path of, of burnout. And um, a couple of things happened. One is I was like, I can't continue to do this. And so I went to graduate school. The other one was I had a milestone birthday and I was like, well, I just need to relax. I was so burnt out. I kid you not, like my cat would not even go anywhere near me because I think I was just so stressed out all the time. Um, And I went into, you know, the deep areas of the internet and figured out what I wanted to do. And I had a couple of girlfriends that were ready to go with me to this amazing retreat and um, sort of like a summer camp kind of experience. And one by one, they all had to cancel. And so then it was just me. And I thought, well, still have this milestone birthday. What am I going to do? And I went for it. And as an introvert, it was super intimidating for me. Um, What I didn't realize was this was an event that some of the biggest influencers in the online space were at. 
And I was just hanging out with him in Asheville, North Carolina, enjoying my birthday, trying to just, you know, break free from all of it. And if you've ever been to Asheville, um, when it rains there, um, it rains. Um, and so we were um, staying at this kid's camp um, and were quite literally reined into our bunks. And so that's how I got to know these seven and eight figure influencers. And I didn't have any idea who they were. And when I think about it now, I was like, if I had known who these people were, because I now I have them so built up in my mind, I never would have gone. But I just went with ignorance. And that's how I had my introduction to the online space, because I was just talking to people about my experience and just the way the conversations fell. And that immediately sent me on a trajectory in the online space of working with some of the biggest names. Um, and I did that um, for several years, um, just continuing to work with those seven and eight figure clients. I um, made sure that I spent a lot of time working in the online agencies so that I understood, you know, I worked for a funnel agency. I worked for a launch agency. I worked for all of, you know, all the different things so that I could really take that corporate experience that I had and kind of reframe it into this new place. Um, and it's been a wild ride ever since then. And I am just so grateful for that birthday. Wow. Wow. What a story. I know. Uh, that's, that's so cool. Uh, and it's funny how like those hard decisions, you know, tend to be the things that we, we just step into something we never quite expected. You know, there, yeah. there's just something about that. Uh, it's really special. Uh, so we will fast forward a little bit. Then you've been uh, you, you're doing work with these entrepreneurial organizations and then you land um in in this online space and you said hey i'm going to help other entrepreneurs tell me a little bit about what you would say some of the most important work that you're doing now um i have really focused my energy on working on with those businesses that are coming up and or are in the growth phase um i have spent quite a bit of time working with companies that are in the scaling phase and just personally um it's it's not quite the work that I want to be doing. Um, obviously, it's a goal for all of my clients that they get to that scaling phase. Um, and what I experience a lot in the, those early stages and in that growth phase is a lot of um, passionpreneurs or CEOs of small businesses experiencing a huge amount of growth. Um, and many of them got into the business because of the thing um, that they're bringing to the world, but don't necessarily have the business expertise. So it's really an incredible journey for me to work with them to really own that CEO seat mm -hmm. and think about um, how they can be the CEO, how they can create a business and a legacy rather than just creating like a high paying salary. Yeah. And what would you say, there's a couple of things that you've kind of split for us. I'd like to dig into that. What would you say is the difference between the growth phase and the scaling phase for your clients? Yeah, I would say the growth phase is you've experienced um, like a real positive um, KPI, uh, key performance indicators. Your revenue is up. Clearly, you've established that there is some kind of a need in the market, um, but you're not quite sure um, you know, you're, I, I guess I'm thinking of it kind of as like that octopus, right? Like you've got all those like little tentacles out there. They're all bringing money in, but you don't know what your core focus is going to be, where you really want to focus your time and your energy to, to really go all in on something. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and because and, I think that's helpful because um, for you know, for me in my world, there's a very, very big difference between uh, what I would uh, the same as you call that early growth stage versus scaling up. And you know the and and where one of the biggest mistakes I see people making is trying to treat the early growth stage like the scaling stage. Right of of trying to kind of embrace the complexity of of scaling something up when you really haven't quite figured out how to grow it consistently over time. Would you agree with that? I would absolutely agree, agree with that. And I have seen too many businesses jump right into the scaling phase, and they actually crush they crush their own business because they're not able to support it. Um, they lose their team, they lose customers, and then they really need to go back and restart building again. Yeah. So um, I would really encourage anyone as they're inching towards that scaling phase to really think about the timing of it um, and how they're going to support it. Yeah. Interestingly enough, uh, the way that we we kind of label those two stages is we label the growth stage fun and the scaling stage predictable success. Uh, and and then to an extent, it's like, yes, you know, I, I want both. And, and to a great extent, predictable success is a lot of fun. But there's something about the simplicity of a small business, uh, you know, that that most entrepreneurs overlook, in my opinion, and they don't recognize it until it's gone, right? Most folks wouldn't say, hey, I've entered this stage of fun, but I can't tell you how many folks have come to me, you know, when they've got, you know, 20 plus employees, you know, 50, 100, whatever it may be. And they say, it's just not fun anymore, right? It's one of those things that you rarely see moving forward, but you miss in the rear view mirror. Yes. Uh, and so what do you see, uh, what do you see your clients doing that are, that are loving what they do the most? What's, what would you say is a key to that? Um, really listening to their own intuition and having a small trusted community. I think it's very easy to get wrapped up into all the newsletters and all the coaches and all the, you should be doing this and you're at this phase, you should be doing that. If it's out of alignment with who you are, um, one, it's going to, it's, it's going to be more work for you. Um, but two, there's probably going to be some friction with it in other areas of your business. Yeah. Uh, I was talking with a client the other day and I was like, you're shooting on yourself again, you know, because it's like, it's like, and, and I think it's actually a relatively new phenomenon because there are so many coaches, there are so many business books, there are so many great ideas, there are so many, you know, marketing opportunities. I think there's more pressure than ever on entrepreneurs to try and boil the ocean to try and do everything. What have you found kind of in light of that are actually the few things that we really need to dial in on in that growth stage? Yeah, I would say um, really getting clear on the role of the CEO. Um, mm -hmm. What are the things that that you, that you, the CEO should be doing and that someone else in your team should take over for you? Um, looking at the systems and the people um, that were once working that probably are just about to or have broken um, that are that are pulling you back into the business. Um, and again, like I said, really just building it as a legacy business um, rather than um, high paying salary. Right. Right. Uh, what would you say? So the role of the CEO in, in these growth stage companies, is that pretty consistent from one organization to the other? Or do you find that it's it's much more tailored to the, the founder CEO themselves? Um, I, I'm going to say both. 
Um, I think there are some things that are very consistent. I am a firm believer that um, something like company mission and values are not things that you jot down once and you forget and then you never share with your team. Um, They need to be um, embodied. They need to be operationalized, right? Those, those visions, those um, great big ideas are things that can only come from a CEO. Those are very consistent, um, you know, across most businesses. I also think depending on the industry, CEOs um, tend to be the subject matter expert. Um, and I think that's an area that um, you really want to amplify your CEOs and the business with that secret sauce. Um, but I also think that the solution um, for scaling that and really amplifying that is very different from company to company. Mm, that makes sense. That makes sense. Now, one of the things I, I noticed when I was you know, doing some research on, on you know, your work and your background, you, you talk a lot about online businesses in particular, and even in kind of the intro talking about building funnels and doing things like that. Um, I, I guess first, what would be your working definition of an online business? And then two, how do those differ from, I would say, a non-online business? Yeah. You know, it's an interesting question because... Um, I think every business for the most part needs to be an online business to some extent, right? Um, you know, I work with clients, um, you know, I have a really big client that is a dentist. Um, now you wouldn't think, and you know, you need to physically go to the dentist for the most part to have your cavity filled or your tooth fixed or whatever. But in this day and age, in many markets, you still need to to do all of the marketing to drive the traffic, to get the people to walk in the door, right? Um, so. You know, I guess, I guess for me, and I'm not really answering your question here. It's it's more about the percentage of mm. localization that is involved with the business rather than are they operating online or not. Got it. Got it. Okay. So, well, using that definition, um, what would you say? Uh, you know, for someone sitting in that founder CEO seat have an online business uh, outside of their, you know, the their kind of geographic location. What are some of the big big things that they need to be focusing on again especially in that growth stage? Um brand clarity for sure. Um I think it's very very hard to see your business from someone else's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um you have seconds of someone t- someone's time when they come to your website or when they google you or um however they're finding you online. Um they need to know instantly how you're going to solve their problem whether it's a problem that they know that they have or they don't know that they have um and that you are the answer for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Very good. Uh now in light of that, what do you see folks trying uh, before they come and work with you or someone like you? And how does that go? Um, generally, um, I, I think this is your phrase, actually. They're trying to boil the ocean, right? Mm. Um, and most small businesses don't have the capacity um, to do that. I would much rather um, figure out what the mountains are, um, you know, a quarter of at a time, two quarters at a time, um, 
contrary to popular opinion, I am not a believer in annual planning. I mean, I think it's it's good to do business planning and one-year planning and three-year planning, don't get me wrong, but I think too much changes, right? So really understanding um, what are the items that if we don't get these resolved, they're actually going to hinder the business. Mm-hmm. And then I look at the items, if we can get these items resolved, they're actually going to um, speed up the growth of the business. And that's yeah. how I um, look at the businesses um, with my clients. I also do, um, and I, I would encourage all CEOs to do this, a real holistic look at their business. You know, it's not only about the sales and the marketing, but it's about your operations and your back end as well. Um, if you're, if your value, if your offer and your back end don't align with all of that great marketing and sales that you're doing, um, again, it's it's not it's not moving you as fast as you need to be. Yeah. Um I and that's a great, great example of one of those things where, you know, if you're in that scale mode, predictable success, you're working on multi-year projects, multi-year plans, you have to plan multiple years out, right? Now you have to maintain the adaptability. And that's where a lot of larger organizations get stuck is it's like, this is the plan and that's all we're ever going to do. They miss the opportunity. But small businesses, you know, if if you fall in, you find a, a tool that's helpful or use one and it's like, you have to have a three-year goal and you have to go after that three-year goal. It's like, I have no idea what time, you know, and so you could spend a lot of time sweating it. You could feel really bad about yourself because you don't have a three-year goal, or you could just say, Hey, what do I need to do next? And, uh, and in that growth phase, those, you know, like you're saying, those, those shorter term goals that are, that are intentional, right? We don't just want to be wandering around all over the place, but intentional is really the recipe for success I've found. Yes. I would agree with that for sure. Fantastic. I love that. Such a great point. Um, uh, so uh, this is a, a question I, I love to ask everybody, uh, and it's, it's even where we got the name of the show. But uh, the, the question is this, what is the biggest secret that you wish wasn't a secret at all? What's that one thing that you wish every business leader, entrepreneur, online business owner to, that was listening today knew? Um, in my experience, and I'm making a broad statement here, but it is my experience every business behind the scenes is pretty much a mess. Um, there's, 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 there's varying stages of messiness and dirtiness. Um, but you know, like to go out there and just see, you know, all the glitz and the glamor and they're killing it and their social media numbers or, you know, they announced this and on NPR, like whatever the thing is, right? Like behind the scenes, there is a whole different story of what is happening. Um, and then it's really important um, that people recognize that they're, um, everyone is going through this. Everyone is learning from each other, depend on your communities, depend on your network, um, because people are all over just figuring it out together. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Now, in light of that, uh, let's say you embrace the fact that, hey, this is just a messy process. How do you know when this is a mess that matters or this is a mess that's just part of the, the process? Um, I always go back to um, looking at numbers and I'm not an inherently a numbers person, but um, not even so much what the numbers are, whether you sold $100 worth of goods or $1,000, but looking for the trends and, you know, we were consistently selling this much and then there was a drop off. Okay. Why is that? Um, this number has skyrocketed. Why is that? Um, those are the messes that I always dig in on. Um, when I look for trends, when things are changing, when I'm seeing patterns of numbers, um, understanding and really diagnosing, um, 
the metrics is is really important to me. That's so good. All right, uh, question here, and then I'd love to see how we can get people connected with you um, and and you know hear more about what you do because I know that this is just absolutely resonating with some folks. So, but before we get there, I'd love for you to take off your your kind of coach, consultant, advisor hat for a moment, put on your CEO hat, and uh, kind of jump in the ring with us as CEO of your business uh, uh, as a leader. What do you think is the next stage of growth for you in your business, and what challenges do you think you'll have to overcome to get there? Yeah. Um, you know, I think I am that very typical CEO in, in many ways. Like I explained in sort of my my founder story, um, I experienced a tremendous amount of growth and I had the opportunity to work with influencers and in businesses that I never, ever dreamed that I would have the opportunity to. Um, and, you know, that just, it was amazing experience, but it isn't where I want to head. And so um, for me, um, also, I think you touched on this, that there's so many coaches and strategists and there's so many people out there, um, you know, really letting people know that I am who I am and that I'm really passionate about the work that I'm doing and not to get caught up in, oh, she's worked with so-and-so or she has this fancy degree or um, she's done this, that or the other thing. Like, I'm here to make an impact and I'm here to work with people that genuinely want to make an impact because those are my core values. And I think breaking through the noise of all of the people that um, are also either doing that or say that they're doing that and may or may not be um, is going to be a great challenge for me. Yeah. Well, uh, all right. So in light of that, uh, connecting folks who values fit with you, who you can really help to make the impact that they've dreamed of. So someone's listening today, they, you know, they have started an online business. They, maybe they're in the octopus, you know, range and, and they, they can see like, Hey, there's bits of this that's working, right? They're not failures, but they know that there's more and they want to have a bigger impact. How can they find more out about you and, and the work that you do? Yeah, sure. So my website is daniellecleavy.com and um, Instagram is probably the the best place to find me. I love um, receiving DMs. Um, we make sure to get back to them all. Danielle underscore C underscore Levy. Got it. Excellent. We'll put that in the uh, episode notes for everyone. And uh, and yeah, so Danielle, thank you so much for being on the show. It's just an absolute Happy. pleasure having you here. And for everyone listening, your time and attention mean the absolute world to us. I hope you got as much out of this episode as I did. And I cannot wait to see you next time. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any of those episodes. Go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram. 
Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.